With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Rick Springfield hears this song. He's like, ah, the one that got away. I don't know if you can. Because he could have another number one. Stevie Wonder and Sir Paul McCartney. No, you can't really. Because as you laid out earlier, Dancing in the Dark would have been number one if not for. Don't talk to strangers. Dancing in the Dark is a Bruce Springsteen song. It doesn't matter to me. It should. You have the. I have a Bruce Springsteen fan starter pack uh, that you're wearing right now. <laughs> this is the J.C. Penny collection. Thank you. It's a Cheryl Ladd collection. This <laughs> is Roundtree in York, sir. Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. If you ever miss any parts of the show, go to broncoscountrytonight.com. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of the show. Let's head out to the KOA Centura Health Hotline and bring on a good friend of the program, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. What's up, Frank? How are you, man? <laughs> Fellas, how you doing? This is a far cry from what you're going to be listening to tomorrow night, but um, we appreciate you joining <laughs> us here on the program. Uh, Frank, you, you've been doing these breakdowns. This is one of my favorite parts of the, the year because I'm anxiously awaiting where the Broncos are ultimately going to sit. And, I, of course, I'm going to have you on the show to talk about it. I think last year, where, where were the Broncos last year? Oh, boy. Uh, probably a little bit less than, than the Mendoza line. They were yeah. probably in the 18, 19, 20 range, uh, if I remember right. Like, I, I'm trying to remember back to last offseason. I can't remember there being a lot of <laughs> optimism or excitement over the Broncos. No, I know. And I could barely remember yesterday. So don't don't worry about it. I, I was just kind of curious. I, I, I wonder, though, and this is always the case when you're writing about every single team, how much flack you get for the rankings that you end up settling on with these teams. I, you know, just about every time I, I post one, unless I'm really, really high on a team. But my best story from all the years doing previews, it was back when the Raiders were terrible. And this guy sends me an email, and it's literally like 500, 600 words, just ripping me up and down. And because, the, you know, I mean, the Raiders were 31 or whatever they were. And I'm like, well, where would you expect them to be? Uh, like, I mean, how good do you think they are? He's like, I expect them to at least be number 30. Like, okay, you're, you're really arguing over one spot in the 30s. Okay, that's, that, that's cool. But, hey, man, you know, that, it, keeps, it keeps the lights on because, as you guys know, as everybody knows, the NFL's king. We could, every, people want to talk about the NFL 365 days a year, and you got to love the passion. It's that time of year. Got, yeah, got to love it. And I, I love it, too. Anytime I put something out here, well, you've massively over underrated, you know, my guy or my, you know, whatever, and it'd be, they'll be quibbling over, like, two spots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, you gave the Broncos an A for their off season, and and I mean, you you basically said, well, listen, you, you landed a quarterback that's a, a Hall of Famer still in his prime. Hard to really uh, debate anything else outside of that. But the whole point, once you land that quarterback, is about what you do to surround them with talent. How do you feel like they did this off season? 
I thought they did just fine. I mean, it was, look, you're going to be hamstrung a little bit because you just got Russell Wilson. That eats up a lot of cap, ate up a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, players, uh, picks. But, you know, you still had a Randy Gregory, which, I mean, a team like Baltimore Ravens probably should have done. They had no pass rush at all. So you still added a big-time piece. I thought they did just fine. I, and I think, the, look, it's a, as I said in the preview, as I said in the, you know, the offseason grade there, Nothing else matters. They could have literally just, George Payton could have just said, I got Russell Wilson, I'm calling it an offseason, I'll see you guys in August, and they still would have gotten an A. You can't land a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's impossible, and they did it somehow. I'm still stunned at the Seahawks side of this, right? Like, why on earth did they give up Russell Wilson? But that's a story for, I guess, a different radio station. It's, it just was a, just landing Russell Wilson is so rare. And I think Denver people, Colorado people, as you guys know, I'm here, I still the excitement over it because people realized this was a pretty big deal. This, I mean, when Peyton Manning came here, he was kind of damaged goods. I, I know the Tennessee and San Francisco and everybody wanted him, but nobody really knew what Peyton Manning was going to do or other guys. You know, Joe Montana was almost at the end when he got to the chiefs, all that. The amount of times a guy like Russell Wilson has changed teams at this point in his career is, I, I don't know if it's less than five, but I can't imagine it's much more. It's, it's an amazing coup for the Broncos, who have been chasing this quarterback year after year after year, to land a Russell Wilson. And I, I just I tip my cap because, you know, being here, you guys know, all the Broncos fans know, it has been depressing having to listen every single offseason to what are they going to do a quarterback. Is, is Joe Flacco the answer? Is Case Keenum the answer? There's no questions anymore. You know, Russell Wilson's the guy, and he's going to completely change the Broncos' culture and the outlook for this entire franchise. Well, it's nice to not be able to do template radio. Because that's, that's what we've had for the last couple of yeah, years was, right. was these templates like, uh, you know, is insert quarterback that definitely isn't the answer going to be the answer this year? You know, whether that's Joe Flacco or Case Keenum right. or Mark Sanchez or Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon or, you know, Teddy Bridgewater on and on and on. Drew Locke. Uh, so now you've got Seattle sitting up there with the, the ultimate quarterback competition of all time. Geno Smith versus Drew Locke. Can't wait to <laughs> see it. And, uh, I, you know, it, it just strikes me that I'm like, okay, they, they felt like this was the tipping point. They had to cash in and try to get in on the next draft with all the draft picks. But are John Schneider and Pete Carroll even going to be there to see it? Yeah, right. And I, I mean, I assume so. They've done so much for the organization. It's almost like ownership picked them over Russ. I, guess, I mean, that's probably fair to say. Mm-hmm. I, that, that is what happened. But I, I just, it's weird. The Seattle side of this is so weird in that they never seem to appreciate Russell Wilson. It was always, we want to ground and pound and, you know, the whole let, let Russ cook thing got funny, but it was true. Like, why won't they let this generational quarterback do his thing? And I wrote, I remember the Seahawks preview a year or two ago. I, my lead was basically the Seattle Seahawks should wake up every morning, and the first thing they should do before they get out of bed is thank God they landed Russell Wilson in the third round. Like, that never happens. Like, that is, it's, it's such a lottery winner to land a Russell Wilson where they did, and they never seem to appreciate it. They always seem to, to just think that he was just along for the ride where, I look at it like he was kind of after the Legion of Boom kind of got older and, and, you know, the team morphed a little bit. He was driving that bus. Any success they had was pretty much Russell Wilson. Mm. And I still think he's that dude, too. I don't think he slipped and played at all. So the Seattle side is just so weird to me. And I always, I still wonder to this day, like, they could have, they could have basically put his feet to the fire. I think there's 41 million left on his contract. I might be off by a couple million, but whatever. It's a lot of money. They could have said, look, Russ. We know you're not that happy, but you got two options here. 
you play for the Seattle Seahawks or you pass up $41 million and retire. If you want to retire, we can't stop you. But you're not going anywhere because you're a Hall of Fame quarterback in your prime. They didn't do that, and that's the Broncos' gain. Uh, no question about it. Frank Schwab joining us. Check out his breakdown of the Broncos, the preview right now at uh, yahoo.com. And, and by the way, you can also follow him, of course, uh, on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Uh, you you went into Russell Wilson here just a little bit, and you sort of talked about pre-finger injury. He was playing great. Post-finger injury, it seemed like he came back too fast. And uh, anybody yeah. that's detracting right now on Russell Wilson, they kind of point to that, even though over the course of his career, he's been relatively healthy. I don't know why this seems to be the thing that people get hung up on as the reasoning for. Do you have any other reasoning why we should be very concerned about Russell Wilson's health? Not really. I, I mean, I, you look at this, and it's a pretty easy story to tell. Look, I mean, he came back too fast, and that's a, a badge of honor, honestly. Like, he's talking about, I worked out, you know, 19, 20 hours a day to rehab this finger. He, he was trying to get back for his team, and that's noble. It really is. But looking back, you know, it was a mistake. He should have really, you know, let this thing heal. He didn't. And even the last, the stat is in the preview story I wrote. I think the last five or six games he had, what, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions? Yep. Like, he was just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he finished the season where you say, okay, that's Russ. He's fine. Now, the one thing I will say, okay, we, I, I've just completely dragged the Seattle Seahawks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> It is possible. We have to acknowledge they see this guy every day. They watch the film. There, there's nobody who knows Russ Wilson better than the Seattle Seahawks. It is possible they're seeing something with him where they're like, the wall's about to hit Russ. I mean, it's possible, right? Like, I can't, we can't hmm. discount that. We can't. This is a smart organization who wins basically 10 games a year. They've won a Super Bowl. They've been to another. This is not a dumb, bumbling New York Jets organization, right? <laughs> this is a pretty smart team, and they just decided, no, we're done with Russ. There, there is a red flag there. There's no doubt. I don't think that Russ is near the end. I know you guys don't. I know nobody in Denver does. <laughs> but we at least have to acknowledge that a really successful organization said, hmm, yeah, we're going to trade Russ right now. It's like, okay, well, what are they seeing that maybe we yeah. aren't seeing? Well, yeah, and there's two points to this. One, you made my point earlier that we're, we're talking about how Russ fell off last year at 65% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns, and six picks in uh, in a mere 14 games. <laughs> we're talking about how he fell That's off right. with those numbers. You know, dare to dream last year that the Broncos could achieve that in 16 games, let alone 14. Uh, the other part of this is the, the trade of Russ. And I, I would fall in line with maybe they saw something that they thought he was going to fall off except this is the same team that tried to trade him to the Cleveland Browns for the number one overall pick just a few years ago. And he didn't right, fall off. Right. He had his best uh, season I mean, yeah, in 2020. They, again, it goes back to they've, they've never appreciated him, never mm-hmm. really given him the kind of respect he deserves. There was one season back, ooh, I think it was the year that they beat Minnesota in that really, really cold game, the Bud Grant comes out in a shirt sleeves game, where Russell Wilson accounted for 37 of their 38 touchdowns. I've never seen a stat like that in the NFL before. It's freaking unbelievable. Like, that guy is a great player. Not just good, great. I, I have nothing. And that's not just the Wisconsin alum in me talking. I I mean, I, I remember, I'll tell you a quick story. I was covering Air Force, and, uh, you know, Troy Calhoun would talk to me about anything but his team. So we ended up talking about a lot of different stuff. And he's like, hey, did you see the first, you know, Wisconsin opener? And I said, yeah, and Wisconsin has the best quarterback it's ever had in its history. And he's like, come on, it's one game. What are you doing? I said, no, this guy was like dropped in from another planet. He's that good. And then he's just gone and done the same thing in the NFL. Russ is, I have the utmost respect for Russell Wilson. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think he's, he's going to have a kind of a Peyton Manning-esque second chapter to his career. And I'll take it another step further. A lot of 2020 Bucks vibes to this. I mean, 
new team, Tom Brady came in, wanted to show up his old team, came in with a really good supporting cast, had a great year. I'm not saying Broncos are going to win a Super Bowl, but uh, you could at least uh, you know draw the, the parallels there between those two situations. Yeah, and you did say that in here, talking about having some 2020 Bucks vibes. And, and this is the last thing I have for you, Frank. Always good to have you on. Um, it's an interesting thing that's happened here recently, right? You have you have Peyton Manning, you have Tom Brady, you have Matt Stafford, you have these examples of quarterbacks that that threw over 250 touchdown passes with a previous team, now switching teams, and and it's working. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think the one thing, and Russ has this too is all three of those guys you mentioned want to be great. They come in, and there's zero doubt in my mind and anybody's mind that Russell Wilson, I mean, I know he's a Wimbledon. Who cares? I don't. He singularly wants to transform the Denver Broncos. He has put it on his shoulders. This is my franchise now. I'm the quarterback here. I'm the guy. I'm going to put everything I have into learning the offense, learning my teammates. He is The first day of training camp, he is going to, it's going to be like he's been there 10 years already. And that's what Peyton did when he got here. That's what, you know, obviously Brady did in Tampa, even in the COVID year. Uh, Stafford, you, you heard a lot of stories about him, you know, him vibing with McVay and, and Cup and all that. That's what I think these guys have in common, that they're obviously great players. Like, that helps for sure. But I think just the all-in attitude where I'm going to turn this team into a championship team. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys talk about the spikes uh, that Russ was wearing during his workout, yep. the fourth Lombardi is coming or whatever. That That's Russell Wilson right there. He might come off as kind of, let's say, corny, like I, right? Like he's, he's kind of a dorky dude at times, but I never question his commitment to football. That guy wants to be great, and he wants the Denver Broncos to be great. And I have no doubt that he will be absolutely positively ready and looking like a veteran on the first day of training camp. Always great, my friend. Look forward to seeing you out there at training camp next week. Thank you, Frank. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Frank Schwab, at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter. And check out his breakdown. Broncos, Broncos coming in at number 11. The Raiders were at number 18 on here. So we'll see what where the Chiefs and the Chargers fall in in the top 10, which, of course, is uh, coming out uh, as soon as tomorrow. So looking forward to seeing that breakdown. Uh, before we hit the break here, want to acknowledge, Ben, you are breaking a story right now. Not Broncos, not NFL-related you could follow along at Albright NFL. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Might have to change the handle Albright NHL uh, at the rate we're going. Just get my feet wet with the hockey insider stuff here. But yeah, court filing filed early this month alleges that Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Katz paid $75,000 to a then underage girl for sex. Katz would have been 53 at the time. Uh, Katz is a third party defendant on the suit, not the main focus of the filing. Uh, there are text messages alleged to be between Katz and the underage girl filed as Exhibit 6 in this uh, in these court documents. I posted those up on Twitter so you guys can see them. Uh, Katz has obviously been previously accused of soliciting a married actress for sex. And then when she came forward with her, her story, tried to silence her by saying she would never work in Hollywood again. Uh, so this is, uh, this is a breaking story. And as I get more on this, we'll, uh, we'll get it to you guys. But... Uh, uh, they are they are allegations at this point, uh, and they are allegations in a suit that's not about cats, but tangential to it. But there you go, cats. Uh, Daryl Cats, owner of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, is uh, alleged to have paid seventy five thousand dollars to an underage girl for sexual relations. Wow, this is uh, quite the bombshell here. So uh, again, forgive me for asking. I I know a little bit of of the genesis of of some of this, but. Somebody will ask, you're an NFL guy here breaking an NHL story, a really mm. big NHL story. Um, uh, in, in these scenarios, in these circumstances, I, I guess where, where, 
I guess I'm, I'm having a hard way to, to ask you the right question here without tipping anything, but just how did you come about this? Because again, you're usually your avenue is the NFL, but again, good work by you to, to do the investigative stuff on this. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess this is a story I kind of fell backwards into, but uh, yeah. a story, you know, we, we went through the editorial process here at KOA and, and, and talked to the newsroom and everything felt comfortable uh, going with this route. So um, yeah, there's, there's the latest and greatest on that. I'm not really uh, an NHL reporter, but, uh, uh, but these are the facts. And this is a, this is a, a court filing in, uh, in the district of Nevada. Okay. All right. So again, follow along at Albright NFL. That's where he's got it right now. He's got uh, the screenshots of everything. You can check all of that out. And uh, we'll obviously keep you posted on that here on Broncos Country tonight as well as KOA if we get more information. That interview with uh, Frey Schwab will be headed up to broncoscountrytonight.com. You can also check out uh, the interview we had earlier with George Taruri there. Uh, that was already up because Grant is the man at broncoscountrytonight.com. So, again, on demand, find all that stuff. Uh, we, we encourage you to... Subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of it. When we come back, the NFL six-pack, Jimmy Garoppolo, given permission to seek a trade. We'll give you more details on that. It's Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, and this is KOA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. This is this is Springsteen, yes. As my clothes yes. and the music would indicate. This is Dancing in the Dark. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. Thank you again to Frank Schwab. Thank you to George Teruri for joining us. we got another live show for you tomorrow night, just a heads up. Back on at 6 o'clock. I'll be filling in, hanging out on the KOA Sports Zoo. So if you tune in even earlier at 3 o'clock, you'll hear me. If you ever miss any parts of the show, just find it. BroncosCountryTonight.com or on the iHeartRadio app. And while you're streaming the iHeart on the iHeartRadio app, you can leave us a message on the talkback. We'd love to hear from you. We've got our NFL six-pack in just a moment. Wanted to get to a couple of texts here on our KOA Sincera Health text line. Uh, this one, we were talking about Jerry Judy earlier. How can you throw to Jerry Judy when he's busy running jet sweeps? Great. I mean, you still can throw to him running out of the backfield, the fake handoff to the jet sweep, and then, as we saw, but that wasn't a thing. What's Ben's drop rate on Bumble? <laughs> <laughs> about that. About that. I was in the pool! <laughs> yes! Grant's building the whole soundboard, man. Mm-hmm. This is why live is so fun. Because stuff like that, like, we're doing the podcast. I like doing it. I enjoy doing the podcast. Certainly love the the feedback you guys give us on it. But we don't get to pull sound bikes like that and, and drop them into the middle of the show. And of course, we miss Grant's music. We don't get any of that either. I know. That's why I love being live. Yeah. Uh, a couple things. Jerry Judy picked up his catch game after he picked up some pumpkin spice. That's why. That's what I'm talking about. 
That is what I'm talking about. I uh, saw a couple of posts on Twitter last week or so that had Judy credited with only one drop. I, I That felt right. I didn't want to say that when we had the caller on, but that that felt right, is, is he had one drop last year. That I think that's right. Um, I Like I said, I, I again, I, I would believe that if you told that to me. I'd believe it was like two or three if you told me that too. I wouldn't believe it was more than but that. But it wasn't the extreme number yeah, that he had his rookie season. it wasn't the egregious season. problems that he had going on, you know, his, yeah, his rookie season. All right. Well, there you go. Sort of caught you up on the text line. If you want to hit us up there, again, 56690. That is our KOA Centura Health text line. Let's get to it. Our NFL six-pack. It's time for the NFL six-pack. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Insight and inside information you can't find anywhere else. No. Six. The top six NFL headlines. One. Well, it looks like the Buccaneers have a new tight end. And no, it is not bringing back Rob Gronkowski just yet. We'll see about that. Kyle Rudolph, former Viking and Giants tight end, is signing a one-year contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the Broncos brought him in for a workout. Never had any intention of signing him. Um, you know, just to get his name out there. He might have a little bit left in the tank, but, you know, George Payton, obviously very familiar with him from his time in Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, in the end, uh, I guess that's sort of your replacement for Kronk. I think if you're looking for Kyle Rudolph to replace Gronk's production, I, I think it's, you're bordering on wishful thinking. Um, I think Kyle Rudolph does have a little left in the tank. I don't think he is a premier tight end. Well, he's not. Even with Tom Brady throwing the ball. A hundred percent. He's not. But I, I low-key like this move. I'm sure it's it's not for a, a big money. I don't have it right in front of me just yet. But it, it sort of feels like, yeah, I mean, in that offense, with all of that receiving talent, We've seen Kyle Rudolph post, I want to say he had a double-digit season, maybe even close to it a couple times out there in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So we know he can be there. And again, he's at the very back end of his career. Expectations are relatively low. But Tom Brady, man, he puts you in positions to, to make plays. And he loves targeting tight ends in the red zone and, the, and especially in the end zone. He absolutely does. He'll have, I mean, from fantasy perspective, probably worth a flyer. I think so. All right, next story. Two. Okay, well, as we mentioned, the 49ers granted Jimmy Garoppolo and his agency permission to seek a trade. And I guess this is actually going all the way back to March, but today was uh, announced by Adam Schefter. So Jimmy Garoppolo now can uh, seek a trade. What does that mean? Well, this was always the plan. Um, they were going to have his agent, Don Yee, she was the same agent as Tom Brady, um, you know, work on all that kind of stuff. But the main thing was getting Garoppolo rehabbed and ready to go before they did that thing. Uh, and that's where he's at now. So... Um, Trey Lance was always going to be the guy for the Niners this year. I know that there's some other people out there speculating on other stuff. It's all absolute outright nonsense. They were always going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, As far as that goes, um, I think the teams right now that are in play for Jimmy Garoppolo are, and and I worked this list out earlier and I've forgotten now, but the uh, Texans, Houston Texans right there at the top. Uh, You don't think the Browns will make an inquiry. The Browns are not in it. Uh, the Miami Dolphins may make an inquiry, um, you know, just to kind of see where that's at. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, the Detroit Lions were the fourth team that I was, oh. I was blanking on earlier. Okay. The, uh, you know, even with Jared Goff there, wouldn't be surprised to see them take a flyer on Jimmy G. Even though I, I, mean, I felt like I brought that name up a while back, and you said that he's not a Dan Campbell guy. I don't think he is. 
But, okay. my, but Brad Holmes, as a uh, worked in the Rams front office, was in that division, and if he he saw Jimmy G twice a year, okay. and, and if he thinks he's got anything that's, that that makes him better than than Jared Goff, that may be a direction they go. Okay, yeah, because we had that same discussion just about a week ago when I asked you about Jimmy Garoppolo. Alfred brought up a kind of an interesting point earlier about the timing of when he got his surgery, which was in March, mm-hmm. because Jimmy Garoppolo, in some ways, has as hamstrung the 49ers with the timing of all of this because he didn't get the surgery until March he kind of delayed whatever interest could be out there for him because if he would have gotten it right in January right after they got knocked out of the playoffs he could be ready to go by training camp but instead now he's going to be maybe ready to go in training camp i think he's ready to go and i I think a lot of that is uh there are particular reasons for all that all that'll come out in the end jimmy garoppolo will not be with the 49ers this coming season whatever you hear from anyone else all right next story three for the broncos little broncos story here the uh, owners will meet on august 9th for approval of the broncos sale so Mm -hmm. uh we haven't updated this here in a beat and we were waiting until the owners were going to meet and get this all together, but it sounds like that is when we might find out officially. I was off by one day. I had the over-under set at August 10th when we talked about this back in, what was it, March? Yep. Uh, I was off by one day. It's going to be August 9th. Um, I think we'll have it done. Everything will be set up, ready to go. And at that point, um, that's the other piece of the puzzle in terms of getting the ball rolling on framework for Russ Wilson contracts is uh, making sure those guys have the cash on hand ready to be able to do that because that would be part of the deal for getting a Russ Wilson deal done as well. So you hinted at potentially some more additions. Would they they come after that potentially? Or are we mostly kind of locked in with what the ownership group is going to look like? We're locked in. There might be one or two additions. Would that Um, come before or do you think it'll come after? I think those are still up in the air. Um, I don't know if they'll come before or after. I suspect after. Um I don't, again, these would be such minor shares of ownership that it's really not anything, but they're both big names. So it would be exciting for Broncos fans. Okay. I already know who they are. I know, and I wish I could say we're not liberty to say, but you you, you know how that is. So it's a weird deal. I'm like, uh, they would be excited. In in agreeing to get the information (laughs) from the party that knew I was embargoed from releasing it. It sucks. I hate doing that to you guys. I really do. But yeah. All right. You can figure it out next story Four. and if you do i salute you <laughs> the chargers are optimistic about getting an extension done with derwin james pff put this out a little while ago sort of uh, speculating projecting what the contract extensions of several key players would be their projection for derwin james would be a four-year 75 million dollar contract 75 million dollar mm-hmm. contract 18.75 million guaranteed oh, sorry per year 40 million guaranteed what do you think about that? Four years, 75, about 18.7 per 40 guaranteed. It's going right for a safety right now. Yep. Uh, I think Darwin James is worth it if he's healthy. That's the main thing. And that's, that's that's really just been the concern about him. He's all world player when he's out there playing. You know, much respect to him as a player. He's a great player. The question is, can he be healthy? Can he stay healthy uh, to make that impact? And so um, uh, the Chargers are going to have some problems, though. Once they pay Derwin James with the other money that they've got, they're, they're pretty shoehorned in. They're a cash-strapped team, so they really don't have much maneuverability and malleability by uh, uh, getting exacerbated signing bonuses to cash and cap and try to get the uh, try to get their stuff in. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if that doesn't crater and fall apart in a year or two. Okay, next story. Five. Staying in the AFC West, Darren Waller and Denzel Perryman are both seeking new contracts 
with the Raiders, of course, this offseason. The Raiders getting a deal done or some kind of restructure version of with Derek Carr. Got a massive deal done with Max Crosby. Max Crosby. Hunter Renfro got a new contract. And now Darren Waller and Denzel Perriman are looking for new contracts. Well, Waller will be a priority. Um, you know, with what they want to do on that offense and what Josh McDaniels wants to do, Waller will be a priority. I don't know that Denzel Perryman's going to get a deal. Yeah, that's what I was um, wondering. I think they just go cheap and go find a, you know, go find a rookie inside backer and go from there. Perryman's getting up there in years anyway. I don't know why you'd pay him. I don't know why either, but but 100% with Darren Waller, but this is always the question when you're a receiving tight end, when you're receiving tight end, and we saw this with Jimmy Graham, you want to be paid like a wide receiver. You don't want to be t- paid like a tight end. Well, right, and and Waller's worth it. I mean, he is. He's worth it. He's a great tight end. You know, I, I know it feels like we're talking uh, really well about players in this division right now, but respect to the good players in the division. Darren Waller's a good player. Darn good player. Uh, and so, you know, I think uh, I, I think you make it a priority to pay him because him, the combination of him, Renfro, and, and Devontae Adams is just a lethal trio out there to have to try to defend. All right, next story. Six. Jason Peters says he's staying in shape, waiting for a team. Will a market for the 11-year vet from the Eagles form? I don't know about a market, but you might have a suitor or two. Um, desperation, yeah, that sort of thing. If I were the Chargers, that's what I'd look into. That's a great point. Yep, that was one of the teams Storm I thought Norton of. Storm Morton at right tackle yep. is an absolute liability. And you have high, you have aspirations for being something great. You this really year. do. And I don't know if Jason Peters is still quite fully capable of playing the tackle position. But worst case scenario, you make him a swing. You know, you, he's out there backing up the guards or whatever else. You, you could probably be had for a reasonable number. Um, you know, Peters has played both the right and the left tackle position. Uh, he was a tight end in college, believe it or not, an undrafted tight end. He uh, the tackle was Sean Andrews, huh. and he was he's lined up there. You can imagine running behind that kind of beef. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, back in college, but yeah, I, you know, I think there'll be one or two suitors, and especially if you see injuries happen uh, in the in training camp, you're going to find teams that want to get a body in there that that they know has got some some kind of pedigree, and they'll, they'll work him out and see if he's still got the juice to, to make it work. All right, there you go. That is our NFL six pack. We'll post that up at BroncosCountryTonight.com. Find interviews, podcasts, and more all there. We we didn't do this one in the six pack, but I just want to mention it here. Uh, the XFL is going to roll out its cities and stadiums announcement this Sunday, and I, I'm intrigued by the XFL. I, they didn't again, you know, 2020 when they they first came out, and they they wanted to, to to redo this thing. Terrible timing, right? I mean, they had to they had to sort of shut things down. But now the Rock is in charge, and mm. I mean, this guy. Just seems like everything he touches turns to gold these days, right? It does not matter what The Rock does. It's received very, very well. So I'm kind of excited to see what The Rock can do here with the XFL. And the the cities they had last go-around, St. Louis, D.C., Washington, D.C., Seattle, Dallas, New York, Tampa Bay, Houston, and L.A., those were the teams. And so those were the, the cities that they, they rolled this thing out. Again, we're going to have... Some spring leagues coming up next year. We'll see how they're all received. And they're going to roll out the week. As far as I understand, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. They're going to roll out the week after the Super Bowl. That's their plan is like right there in February. Continuation of football. We're starting straight into football. Heavy ad buys during the Super Bowl to remind you. Uh, So they're good. Yeah, they're going to try and roll it right out. The USFL will be later 
than that. And so it'd be interesting to see if both those spring leagues can survive. The other person, uh, Danny Garcia. Yeah, Danny Garcia. The Rock's right. business partner, his former wife, actually, uh, and business partner um, running that with him. And she's uh, she's a brilliant businesswoman, uh, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I have high hopes for the XFL. Our old friend uh, Wade Phillips, mm-hmm. going to be a coach, going to be a head coach in that down there in Houston. So we're giving away one team right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in fact, Wade's going to be on the show here soon. Uh, it was going to be this week. We think we got pushed the next week, but, um, Wade will be, he already gave me the, okay. He's just gotta, gotta get some, some time scraped together. So, uh, we're going to have him on the show soon to talk about that. So we'll see what it's like. What's life like in the XFL as a, as an XFL head coach in their what third iteration here. I'm intrigued by it. I've always been intrigued by spring football. It hasn't ever worked out. I mean, keeping people's attention. And now when you, you think about the NFL extending things, 17-game season, eventually they're going to go to 18-game season. You just wonder about how football can can sustain, right? And you get some people that say, well, I need the break. I appreciate the break. But listen, we, we're a show that talks NFL year-round. We talk football all the time. And in fact, when the season is winding down, you and I are usually winding up to hit the trail, to go with the senior bowl, to go to the combine. Mm-hmm. We're on the, the, the trail of the draft and figuring out what the Broncos are going to do and what, what's, what's going on and who's mm-hmm. going to go where. And so, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, the NFL has already built this thing up to be an entire year round. So how does a spring league or even a couple of spring leagues sort of slide in there to take away that attention when the NFL has already said we're not ceding a single month to anybody? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. I think it runs in tandem and in parallel with all, all the other events. And I think if the XFL or the UFSFL tries to butt up against any of those events, those events will crush them. Yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I just I just don't. The NFL is fine with them being spring leagues as long as it doesn't interfere with what the NFL does. The minute they do, they'll swat them down. The NFL is a, is a, is a tens of billions of dollars a year juggernaut. And these leagues, uh, they're paying guys, you know, grocery bag money to play football. I mean, and, and what a cool opportunity, right? I mean, I'm not trying to like go orange slices on you, but it's a cool it's a cool opportunity for some of these guys that are maybe on the back end of any football career, mm-hmm. or maybe they might be sort of an up-and-comer. You know, eventually, you know, we've seen this thing with the live golf thing. People have these conversations about how can live golf or that, that style where you're basically taking people away from the – how does that work at the other major sports? I don't see it happening to the NFL anytime soon, but – it wouldn't be surprising to me as I was talking about even with like college football, if you did have inevitably a, a league startup saying we're going to be a feeder league for the NFL, they don't have anything as far as having to pay for any of it. Mm-hmm. We're just going to basically design things, take kids out of high school, tell them we're going to pay you a bunch of money and we're going to get you ready for the NFL. Uh, inevitably, there's going to be something that's, that, that shoots out of this. I just don't know what it looks like yet. Yeah, well, the problem with that is that you have to have money to be able to compete. And the Live Tour has the money to be able they to compete do. with the PGA. Who's going to compete with the NFL? No, I know. The only people with the money to compete with the NFL is college football. <laughs> Who's not going to let a feeder league start because they'll outpay you. But college football right now is in a bit of disarray. They're, and, in, and they're, they're in a disarray and a reorganization. The next evolution and iteration of that will come out, but nobody can compete with them. They have, there's too much money. There's right now, too yes. Too much money. Right now, they're that that, that there is are, a very We are true literally statement. at the point where seniors in co- in college football are having to decide whether or not to stay in school for the money or go to the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> it's a wild, wild world, my man. Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. This is KOA. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.